0: This is Richard Wilson speaking. Some people know me as Victor Meldrew, but as far as I'm concerned, Victor Meldrew's dead. And thank you for downloading One Foot in the Podcast.
1: Meldrew, Meldrew, One Foot in the Grain.
2: Hello, welcome back to One Foot in the Podcast. You know me too well, but I'm here with a new guest who's never graced the podcast before. It's Dan Heath. How are you doing, Dan? Oh, very well, Tom. How are you? Very good. Yeah. So um, we've been keeping in touch on Twitter, haven't we, for the last I don't know how many months, and uh, thankfully we could arrange for you to to come on and help uh, talk through. Series 6, Episode 2, Tales of Terror.
3: Yes, yeah, it's a genuine pleasure being sandwiched between the illustrious guests. Uh, it no, is a, great yeah.
2: What was the, la- the last episode that went out would, would have been, well, actually, by the time this goes out, it will be the executioner's song, Episode yeah, 1. Yeah, that's right. Technically, yeah. but as I record, I last spoke to Richard for the Q&A, yeah. which will go out soon. Well, when this goes out, it's already out. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You're sandwiched between the two, and I've got David Remick on next week. I don't know when I'll be releasing Fantastic. that, but yeah, there's no pressure on your shoulders there, Dan.
3: No, no, it? of course not.
2: <laughs> so, Tales of Terror, then, where does that rank for you in uh, for series six as your favourite episode, least favourite episode?
3: And series six, it's yeah, it's a strong episode. It's up there. Yeah, it's it's one of yeah, it's definitely one of the best of the six, in my opinion.
2: Because that final episode is hard to like, isn't it? Because it's the final. It is.
3: It's. I'm almost not counting it in a way.
2: It's odd. It's it's a separate entity, isn't it? It Um,
3: is. Yeah.
2: I think futility of the fly gets a lot of flak because. Yeah, it does. Yeah. People see it as like, not everyone, but some fans of the show see it as a pointless plot. They don't really know what to make of it. But it is Mrs. Wallboy's final episode, which ends weirdly for her. I know we're not talking about. It does. Futility to fly but she sort of it ends on a weird note because she thinks Victor's sort of into her as it were
3: yeah well yeah With the and courgette. traps his marrow in the uh, <laughs> yeah. is it? Yeah. I think it's a in courgette the, um... yeah,
2: Where yeah but I really rate it I like the start I can't believe we're talking about Futility to fly but I think for me I think as I speak I need to remind myself of the other episodes I think Dawn of Man uh, which is the yes, second yes, last one.
3: one yeah strong
2: I think there's that scene in that episode in the car with Margaret and Mr. Mister Sweeney. He's sort of having a... He's sort of reflecting on his life, isn't he? Like, you know, he's going to look after yeah, me, sort of... So. quite poignant. Very poignant. I can't basically answer. I, I I don't know. Threatening Weather is a great one. It's a one-scene wonder. Those kind yeah. of episodes are hit and miss for people, aren't they? Some people don't like it when it's just set at, you know in one room. 12. Yeah,
3: well, then, then you've got the beast in the cage. That's one of the most loved, of course, and that's in one location, so
2: mm that seems to be a favorite for both Richard Wilson and Dory Mantle anyway they both seem to really enjoy that yeah so and I think there, ne-
3: sounds like de- sorry, they sorry it sounds like they had a very hard time filming it, yeah
2: say. I didn't think the conditions were perfect, but again, on reflection, I think they saw it as a great piece of writing and uh it's a lot of people's favorite but Tales of terror I mean I don't know what 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 stood out for you when watching this episode
3: specifically um yeah, it's a strong episode. I do like the black pudding uh, theme in it. It doesn't yeah. make me laugh, because I love I love black pudding anyway. Not a fan. You're not a fan of black pudding?
2: But I also don't think I've ever tried it. I'm one of those people who presume they wouldn't like it. It just doesn't look oh, good really? on a plate with a fry-up, you know.
3: Oh, right, okay. Oh, well, you'll have to get into that sometime.
2: Yeah, well, maybe yeah. I will, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you were saying.
3: Um, yeah, it's just I just find it a strong, a strong episode. Obviously... The death of uh, Mildred, that's very dark. Very oh,
2: dark. of course, yeah, That is that has to be the up. obviously, yeah. Yeah. We we'll be... I'm
3: not worried about uh, any spoilers there, I expect. <laughs> I the think. listeners would have seen it, so there's some great, there's some great very funny bits in it, especially mm. when he's bricked into his own bedroom with disbelief. <laughs> um, fantastic. It's, one of, it's,
2: it's one of those episodes where Renwick gives you the, I mean, the, the laughs really do peak at, at moments in this episode, but then the lows come around with the suicide of Mildred so it's just just, just bizarre I and mean, th- throughout the year Victor's got health a potential health scare so yeah yeah it's, it's a bit of a roller coaster of a ride this one but we can crack yeah, we can we can crack on with it in a moment I mean um yeah just don't know where it stands for most people I mean series 6 a lot of people say originally didn't really rate it entirely I know it's not probably most people's favorite series but I'm one of those people who watched it again and again over the years and think actually it's still a work of art.
3: Just... Well of course. I mean I'd be bloody proud to have written any any minute of it, you know. Yeah. But um Yeah. Yeah, it's um yeah, it doesn't yeah, it never gets mentioned as a favourite series, but it's, no. oh, it's still very strong. Very yeah. strong.
2: I think it I think for many it's it's stronger than series one, possibly series two. Right. I don't know, but yeah. yeah.
3: Also, it was the shock of, obviously, the new director, the new cameras. That's it's, right. It, yeah. it is visually different. There's no okay. other way of putting it.
2: Yeah. We got. Well, I got, mean, Chris I don't
3: know. Would I, would I enjoy, <laughs> say, Only Fools and Horses in 4K from the 80s? <laughs> I don't know. It's some, not something I could answer, but it would be completely different.
2: It's this. It's sort of it's something romantic about a grainy picture, isn't it? So
3: it is. It's almost like um,
2: authentic, isn't it?
3: The great the graininess of a memory or a dream. It's odd. Mm. It's hard to describe.
2: But you're right. I mean, Christine Gurnan directs Series Six, and the picture quality is suddenly well. It's not HD. Didn't come around for another seven to ten no, years. But it's, but... it's
3: got a, the whole thing's got a glow to it. Mm. You know what I mean.
2: Yeah, the interior, again, I spoke about this on the first executioner song with with Sarah, but it's something about the interior design team obviously spruced up their place and it looked like it was definitely up to uh, the modern standard at the time. And even now when you watch it, it's probably not that dated even, even for victim, no, no. someone of Victor Meldry's age at all. It, it looks sort of still with, within the times, bar the huge, massive television they had, which was sort of a massive, <laughs> chunky back. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I got um a little synopsis prepared, which I've not been so organized with that in recent times, and then we can crack on with it.
1: All on, the grind.
2: The Meldries are yet again at war with the local tradesman, which comes with its hilarious but unfortunate consequence. Mrs. Warboys and the return of Cousin Wilf cause a frustrated Margaret to take shelter as the Meldries are supposedly attending a funeral, and Victor has yet more anxieties relating to bowel trouble on his mind. Okay, we open up scene one, uh, the exterior of Riverbank, uh, to a pile of bricks outside 19 Riverbank, with a sign on the front of the lawn that reads, DW Blissett, landscape construction specialist with graffiti, uh, presumably by Victor says our oh, crap" on the end, so yeah. it's a, it's another experience by the Meldrews where something's gone wrong.
3: I'm sure you will have checked the area code oh one six three two, and that doesn't exist, unfortunately. Does
2: it not? I I didn't. No. I usually would do something like that, but thank you for uh, checking. It's it's not a uh, it's not Christchurch then. Okay, no, it might be. Uh, so no, it doesn't exist. D W Blissit. I I couldn't work out if that was a Renwicki name. Blissit, so. yeah, it
3: is a bit blissit, yeah. A bit blissit. See where you're coming
2: mm. from. And Margaret pulls up in there. I think this is the first time we see their new vehicle. I I don't recall them having this in the Executioner song.
3: I think you, yeah, I think you're right there.
2: I could also be wrong because I only reviewed it a couple of weeks ago and I, maybe three weeks ago, and I've already forgotten. But it's a sort of maroon coloured vehicle. What's the make of that? Is it a Volvo? A oh,
3: um, Nissan. Is Cap- it? Yeah. Yeah, in Nissan,
2: I think. Yeah, because yeah. they do go to a Nissan garage later, don't they? Yeah. That's right, yeah. But as, as Margaret... She's got
3: uh, old Tesco shopping bags,
2: there. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And usually they've got Sainsbury's bags. Good food costs less at Sainsbury's, which is the old slogan. Which yeah. Which I recall well. As Margaret pulls up, she, she's looking... We've got like a funny angle of Margaret. Not a funny angle, but we're sort of looking up high up when she's looking at the front of the vehicle looking at, not too pleased as she uh yes. goes to walk walk in and Victor is now seen in the living room ranting to mr Blissett, real full power he's got is he hasn't lost much of his energy over the years he's still no no fantastic absolutely raging oh but the but before we before we saw Victor on the phone I did notice Derek and Betty's home is for sale still which was uh, yes formerly the uh, the trenches house
3: yeah good spot yeah you're right it's very
2: subtle and good continuity.
3: Yes, as you've pointed out in the past, it's one of the few sitcoms that actually do have a little hark back to previous episodes. Yeah,
2: it's really, it's really uh, quite clever. Really, I, I admire that. It's something you don't really spot when you're just casually watching it. No, it, it's kind of my job to break down these episodes. No, I must, I
3: must admit, I hadn't spotted that. So yeah, that's a good spot.
2: And I think it happened in when the Trenches was trying to sell their house. You can see it in preceding episodes. You can see for sale signs sort of in the background. So it's, it's pretty good. It's sort of true to form of Renwick.
3: Yeah, yeah uh, sorry. that's what you'd expect from I mean.
2: So, yeah, Victor's on the phone. He's ranting to Mr. Blizzard. He's, he'd ordered, I think he phrased it as a crazy paved path for the, for the garden, not a pile yeah. of bricks, of course. Now, I've recently I've gone onto Google Maps and uh, Google Street View to, to look at uh, Dracillian Way where they live well not them but you know where it's the yeah yeah and there is actually the front lawn is now passed it's it's just bricks now so i thought that
3: was oh, okay
2: semi-interesting since we're reviewing this particular episode
3: yeah yeah yeah
2: i think there's a resemblance in there to having a, a pile of something outside of the house with the bricks if you look back to the man in the long black coat Eric yes Highton, with the good.
3: fairy lights yeah
2: Quite around the manure <laughs> yeah that was Vic's doing, though. That was Vic, too, who ordered that. So he was obviously happy with that, I think, whoever he bought. Yeah. So he doesn't... But when it's against him, though, it's a different story. If it's someone who's done out without his concern, understandably, he's going to get angry. Yeah,
3: he's had a barbecue built.
2: Oh. Yeah, it does look like... The way the bri- the bricks are piled up does look like a homemade barbecue setup, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's I don't know why he's gone back to Mr Blizzard because of the apparent crap job with the barbecue.
3: Yeah, well it's nothing to do with the crazy paving because you wouldn't use bricks, so.
2: yeah. I, I don't know why you did not get the McKendricks onto it unless they're Well yeah, exactly. I don't know if they're still around. Well he he Victor slams the f- phone off the um, back on the hook. Sounds like he's had some apparent threats yeah. thrown back in because he's not prepared to, to pay. So uh yeah. He must know that these tradesmen or whoever it could be, they're always gonna try and get their their own back even though they've caused the trouble
3: yeah he's been on the receiving end of a bit of revenge in the past hasn't he?
2: He has not he yes yeah he
3: has. But, uh, credit to Victor he's not afraid of um, getting beaten up
2: no <laughs> he very much he very much is a very ballsy
3: guy <laughs> he is whilst he's in the dining room I was going to say the if anyone if anyone's interested the um, painting above the fish tank mm. I noticed when reviewing this is by John Atkinson Grim, um, Grimshaw. Right. a Victorian artist, and it's of Liverpool Quay by Moonlight.
2: Oh, that's some homework.
3: That's the scene. I actually like the artist, and I couldn't believe I hadn't uh, spotted it before. So there yeah. you go.
2: That John is Actress interesting. John
3: Atkinson Grimshaw. That's in the Tate Britain, I think.
2: So that's, I mean, from your point of view, that is quite, what's the chances of, of finding a piece of artwork on set that you actually have a particular Which interest in? This is
3: it. I, I, I spotted it. I thought, I know that. But then it's at an angle, so yeah. Cross reference. I looked. I was looking on Google. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't really tell if it was definitely it until I actually turned my phone to see on the same angle, and then yeah, bang on same thing. All uh, right, Okay. So there you go. If anyone's interested, it's John Atkinson Grimshaw.
2: Again, it's not something you would like. So you would have taken the time to look up or double check because this is a podcast, and this is what podcasts are about. And the nerdiest of um, yeah. jobs to do is to. to press pause and research something that you've seen or just double check if there's a continuity error or area error or not yeah once victor's hung up the phone margaret's obviously back in from outside in the kitchen margaret lets out like a big sigh and she says
3: oh when will it ever end
2: again these little moments when you know it's the final series you think yeah. you know when it's going to bloody end and it's pulls at the heartstrings because you're just so fed up victor yeah replies interestingly they
0: carry me out of here in a box
2: <laughs> and i i don't know if that counts as foreshadowing or not we know it's going to be the end for him but it's just that's yeah people, aren't they There. this is an episode where they're fed up with life and showing those or well, showcasing their lack of social interest in people because as we know not to talk too far into the uh, um, episode but they're trying to do everything they can to avoid having a social life
3: yeah know? well margaret as Margaret says, why, why do people always want to meet up? Mm. So, I think. Well, we all feel like that occasionally. I we suppose, do. But, we uh, do. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. They both. They both say that. I think. Yeah. Victor says it, and Margaret. Yeah. Like she does in, I think it's uh, endgame. She eventually empathises with Victor's viewpoint of the world. So Margaret, yeah, playing catch up as ever, and we see that in the final episode of series six, where she is out for revenge and she against the world, really. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, sorry, Jeb, <clears throat> deviating a little bit from the scene. Just trying to work out what's what's happening there. So um, I'm just also trying to see what's on the Tesco bag. What's that slogan? Something 2000. Oh, oh it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But it's interesting yeah. to see what it says.
3: Something about value. I can't remember. Looking back now, from yeah. memory.
2: Victor just remarks, "People just can't be bothered anymore," which is, no. I think, Margaret's groaning because she's heard him. Rans on the telephone, and she's obviously obviously seen something on their car that is hasn't gone down very well. Yeah, and it turns out there's a they've got a pornographic number plate, which yeah. apparently is is that is that Victor's fault? I don't know.
3: Um,
2: we don't I don't really. really yeah, bad. they
3: don't really. Yeah, they don't really clear that up. I don't think. It's, I think yeah. it was just one of uh, life's unfortunate twists that befalls Victor, as yeah. usual.
2: I mean, you, you, you can get um, personalised number plates, but otherwise, number plates are random, so if it was a personalised number plate, I'd like to know what Victor wanted to have. I don't think it's that sort of personality. I don't think it's that
3: hype. No, no, but, um, so.
2: but whatever it was, it had the mourners at a funeral upset in, in the traffic. Uh, <laughs> that's not the first time a funeral will be brought up in this episode. Yeah. And as she does that, Margaret opens up the, the the one of the food cupboards. Whenever there's a the, the food cupboards opened up, or, or referred to, whether it's Missus Wallboys cleaning some of the filth out, or um, yeah, nippy, classic nip, Nippy's dog food tins. There's always something funny. Yeah. Um, and I think there was something with his brother Alfred. Something to do. I think he was making a tally of how many t- how many days he's got his brother's going to be staying. And he's like ticking them off. Oh yes,
3: that's right. Yeah, that's in, right. It,
2: in this case, Vix has got a list of
3: Monday, Sunday movements.
2: bowel movements. <laughs> Marcus, I said, do you have to have these inside the cupboard it's like it's a good point why in the cupboard anyway. yeah it's
3: uh i did actually um uh, take a note of his movements oh, um, <laughs> because i had I, I hadn't actually noticed them closely before so he went three times on a monday once yes, on I a do. tuesday yeah once on a wednesday thursday has got a question mark I thought that was a question. <laughs> uh, three times on a friday he didn't go on a saturday but once on a sunday
2: I mean that doesn't sound too out of
3: yeah. Just a question mark. That's a good bit of detail.
2: I know his bowel's been playing him up, but I just in this moment thought of a possible plot hole. I, everyone who is listen, listening to this will have seen this episode before, but ultimately the cause of his bowel issues is the black pudding, is it not? And he hasn't yet eaten the black pudding, has he? He hasn't been given it.
3: Uh, well, I've no, I, well, I've <clears> I've never seen it like that. I've always I always thought he um, just had a, a bowel problem. Just a dodgy bowel and, is, is the, the cause of it. Eaten, was... And he's getting it investigated. Before that happens, he's eating the black pudding. So it, it looks like a worse um, diagnosis.
2: Uh, so he just had average bowel problems and it was made worse by Mrs. Warboys Is Jess, you know.
3: Yeah, that's what I was it. assumed anyway. Okay, yeah. I so could not be wrong, really. I don't
2: know. No, I think you're right. I think I'm reading too much into this, as I always do. Again, I feel oh. like it's my job to read into these these things, and God knows what David Renwick would say if he if he um well apparently he's listened to some of my episodes, but I like I'll be keen to know oh, how much I've annoyed him with the um, pettiness yeah, yeah. of my nature of this podcast. It can be um, well,
3: you'll soon find out. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but here so Victor has been advised by his GP to keep an eye on on his bowel movements. That's the bottom line.
3: I don't know if this
2: also. I made a note that I feel like that the bowel movement thing could be Renwick Putting into people's minds that Victor will die of some sort of natural cause, sort of to throw them off the scent, because there's obviously a big secret how he would die. I know on if you yeah. if you listen to any any Remwick interview, he said he never wanted Victor to die a slow and horrid death. But at the time, we we know, we went to know, no. we went to know that how he's going to die. But it's like, oh, is this the is this the beginning of the end? Is this the final? But everyone knew when this was aired, it's the final series. He's going to be killed off. Is this what's yeah. going to kill him off? Anyway.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, possible that Renwick had that in mind, but then, then again, Victor is a bit of a hypochondriac, as we've seen. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. Possible, yeah, possible. Renwick was sowing the seeds there. So
2: Victor points to points out to Margaret that, and um, there's a letter that's been sent by Ronnie and Mildred.
0: Oh, from Ronnie and Mildred. Read it and weep. Why?
4: Well, what got it say?
0: Do you remember that message he left us on April 1st saying that we fancy two tickets to the Bahamas that he'd won in the firm's raffle because Mildred wasn't well enough to go?
4: Yes, which was
3: obviously an April Fool's, so we didn't bother to... (laughs) Oh, are you joking?
0: Absolutely genuine. (laughs) Even to the next-door neighbours, they had the time of their lives says in there that Mildred's still going through a dodgy patch, but they're both dying to meet up again. Is going to give us a ring to try and arrange something.
2: Which Margaret interrupts Victor at this point to say it's obviously a joke, you know, but it wasn't a joke. That's I not don't. all that's not all that's in the letter. I mean, that's just typical for Victor and Margaret, but in the, letters, it is, yeah. in the letter itself, it's just asking them if they'd like to meet up. Mildred's going through um, a bit of a dodgy patch. So I, I guess Ronnie wants to get together with friends, hopefully put her in a um, frame of mind. I don't know who writes letters these days. I don't even in the year two thousand. I don't know. I think letters were dying out slowly. Emails were becoming more prominent. You know, people yeah. Well, know friends, Ronnie but,
3: and Mildred do look very old school. So,
2: yeah, I guess of that generation, that probably would still write letters. To be fair, my grandparents yeah. were still writing letters. Right, you know, into the late eighties.
3: Yeah, just, absolutely.
2: Yeah, a bit of a culture change. You know, in the last twenty years or so.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, I certainly don't. I don't write any letters.
2: Now, there's a bit of a debate. I don't know if it's a debate, where Ronnie Mildred live. Whitby has been mentioned before. I think when Ronnie and Mildred tried to came round to was it this episode or another episode, they tried to hide from them. Whitby? I remember Victor saying, bugger off back to Whitby or something. Which is, you know, all the way in the oh,
3: north. I think east, it wasn't it? It Whitley Bay.
2: Was it Whitley Bay? Not Whitby? I
3: think it was, I think it was Whitley Bay. It's um, not the
2: first time I misheard dialogue being spoken. But
3: well, even then... Um, it does seem the proximity must be a lot closer because for example in the exterminating an angel they do visit their house yeah yeah so they can't be that far away surely and victor's Unless... on the job on the chauffeuring job
2: but they've also their their finances have been referenced in the, in the respect that victor's i think again he said something like probably come over to tell us about their new loft conversion you know, to have a loft conversion, you probably got a few quid stacked yeah. away to a certain extent. And I, they might just have a second house somewhere, but I just, it's, ne- it's never been, I'll probably have to ask. Yeah, possibly. Man, I'll probably possibly. have to ask the man himself on his opinion about yeah. whereabouts they live. Do they live in Wingate? Do they live just down the road? It doesn't matter, but but they've written a letter, I see. So I feel like if you lived yeah the, down the street away, you'd just knock on their door, wouldn't you? So anyway, that's why I thought I'd raise it. But nevertheless, no, no,
3: interesting question. I've never really considered where Ronnie and Mildred live. It's usually, um, the question is where um the Mildreds actually live. But um, yes, yeah, interesting question.
4: Oh God, and the answer machine is not working. We'll have to declare a full code red. Let every call ring, then dial one four seven one and see if it's safe
1: to phone back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Margaret has a bit of a panic and realizes that. You know because basically they're gonna in the letter they're gonna maybe follow up with a phone call which Mark has a bit of a panic and realize the answer machine isn't working. The answer machine is a common denominator in the the amount of stress that causes Victor or the telephone itself. Yeah. So she's uh and that's a full code red is needed just to wait for the phone to ring, see who leaves the message, one four seven one and uh yeah I thought it was just funny how Annette Crosby over dramatically goes oh god and the phone isn't working I don't know if they would hate Ronnie Mildred they're just that against seeing them
3: Uh, yeah I think they're just they're probably nice people but incredibly irritating yeah yeah a bit like Mr Foskett
2: yeah oh dear old Mr Foskett yeah 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 and then Victor does say he knew it was a bad sign I think referencing the the, you know the letter arriving when he's the day they're going through because obviously Victor's had the row with Mr Blissett the letter arrived from ronnie mildred the pornographic number plate all these things are mounting up and victor just says you know running out of t-shirts meaning i had to wear one of the novelty <laughs> ronnie mildred t-shirts just knew yeah. it it's gonna be one of those days and he, <laughs> he follows up with fe- a weirdly profound statement saying why do people always want to meet up i do know mm. you have people in your life that used to know dan like used to go to school college with or whatever and all you've got in common really is the past and you know as yeah. we, get older, we do become different people don't we maybe yeah your outlook on life changes and when you do meet up you know what, what have we got in common i mean if any of my mates I know was, exactly, yeah if i've got people i know listen to this they probably think i'll sod you then tom but i yeah, i'm not I know. it's just i know that people are like that and uh, it happens
3: that's just life isn't it it's, it is uh, we all evolve and move yeah
2: Fix is also not looking forward to Mrs. Warboys coming over with the return of Cousin Wilf, who um, oh, no. who now uses like one of those voice box machines. I can't remember the, the phrase for it, uh, like a, a Stephen Hawking box.
3: Yes, yeah, a poor man, Stephen Hawking's box. Yeah,
2: and he's apparently had a stroke, so therefore lost the ability to like verbalize. Now I don't know if this actor Cousin Wilf did he have a stroke in real life, or was it just was it was his stroke that he may have had as you know in real life used to his advantage for comedy purposes
3: i've got no idea nor um, have i <laughs> no, I, I no, no idea no i can't even comment on that i couldn't I, I did a little bit of research on um john rutland um but Was nothing yeah. about nothing about stroke him up
2: no he, he lived to a good age though apparently 96 and 2013 it's Not yeah, too bad at age, all. yeah yeah
3: yeah I've i I've recognized him in certain things. Um, you know, the episode of the Avengers. Yeah. All sorts. Lots of two on his stuff. Was, so, yeah. Pretty pro-
2: prolific. Chariots of fire. Also, um, as is again, I, I say every episode, wherever it's someone who's passed away, is, you know, before their years, the last thing they've been in is one foot in the grave. And I know he was I don't know how old he would have been when he was in this episode. He looks I think he was supposed to be sixty five, isn't he? All celebrated as as the character. Sixty-five or sixty-five. Yes. He didn't act again. Apparently, he may well have been in stage, but um, IMDb is no, yeah, yeah. So you you
3: might be quite right about it's possible he did have a stroke.
2: Yeah, I, one of my guests who had on. Sorry, if you're listening and you say it was me who said that, I I want to give credit to that particular guest. But I can't remember. It might have been Simon, um, who I had on. I think it would have been the worst, horrible. That was when they were trying to avoid them, when they came knocking on their house door. I'm sure it was...
3: Yeah, the worst horror of all, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. and I think I, I think I, Simon, <clears throat> I think Simon made that comment. I don't know why Cousin Wilf was brought up in that, because that's nothing to do with... I know what it was. The episode where Cousin Wilf is supposed to be going to the BBC Centre with Victor and Margaret, and they take the window cleaner. Was that worse horror of all? It must have been.
3: Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, anyway, it would have been raised in that episode, because that's when we saw them. One of the few yeah, times yeah. we see him, anyway. I think Victor references that he can't, cousin Wilf. That is seemed to spell properly on his keyboard. Yeah, you, yes. <laughs> so we know we're going to be in for some uh, amusing. Uh,
3: Victor put some uh, what was it hot mustard on his rhubarb. <laughs>
2: yes, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Mark does stick up for cousin Wilf. Regarding the um the voice box, yeah, a little disgruntled that he does need to learn to type properly, like you mm. said. Um, <laughs> Hot mustard on his rhubarb, which yeah, I mean that's is that that's not the first time Victor has put accident well accident called someone to probably have a was it the window cleaner in a previous yeah with the chili powder in chili
3: which was yeah secret yeah secret of the seventh horse was it yeah
2: <laughs> for old cousin Wilf. anyway so Victor wanders outside just to take down the blisset sign then he turns to the front of the car and now we the audience can see the number plate. Which says Pissol, mm. P P five five P I five five P I yeah zero L E Pissol yeah I the innocence yes. of me watching this when I was younger I mean I wasn't that young I don't think four, fourteen is sort of young watching this when it's out but All I right. just I just read it as PISOLE. so really? I pronounced Ole like like <laughs> a Spanish term obviously p- Pissol but yeah the, the, the roar of the laughter from the audience was. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Enough to, you know, that's, yeah. In the, I think it's later in the day, Victor's in the back garden. Uh, It looks like a nice hot summer's day, doing a bit of tidying up. Uh, Does it look like
3: they've had a bit of work done this series? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they've even got a um, pergola.
2: Do do you think that the owners of that house just have it how they have it and then the art department come in and they, they obviously want to change up a little bit?
3: I think a bit of both. And obviously they got paid for um, allowing them to use the house and the garden. So they probably had quite a nice few quid to spend on it.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. Well, Mr Sweeney is yet again... I do find it funny when a character is sort of heard but not seen. And he opens up with one of his suggestible yet sort of innocent euphemisms that often catches Victor out.
4: Morning, Mr Meldrew. I see your butts in a sorry state at the moment then
3: God Yeah that's brilliant Classic Mr Sweeney
2: Follows with one of those slightly ludicrous moments Again you know still can't see him Mr Sweeney it is but Which adds, yeah. adds to the comedy and the quirkiness As he, he sticks his hose through that little Small hole in the fence <laughs> just to fill up Fill up the butt again looking quite suggestible With the look on Victor's face Of that disbelief And that's just <laughs> down to the acting isn't it Richard Wilson? Oh fantastic yeah
3: that's enough. Brilliant isn't it? facial expressions. Now,
2: what exactly are water butts for? I feel like people don't use uh, them anymore.
3: Just literally, um, as far as I'm aware, literally for um, collecting rainwater. Yeah. For when you need it. Yeah. In, in cases of drought.
2: I suppose it's as simple as that.
3: I could be completely wrong, but
2: do I edit? Yeah. Do I edit that out so I don't look foolish, or do I keep it in so people hear me say? Do I edit it out, and they think I'm? Well, Innoc- innocent and <laughs> hilarious yeah, to say.
3: Well, it. <laughs> I, I might be completely wrong, but um, I mean, it,
2: obviously, it's something to collect water. But I just thought, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure it is as simple as that. But anyway, I just thought I don't, I don't really see people with in their garden with that. No, their,
3: true. The you don't. Anymore. You don't see them much these days. But no. um, I think time's gone past. I think everyone would have had one.
2: Yeah, but I, I remember. Think so. I remember in friends and family. Ha- Houses in their garden, the water butts they seemingly weren't ever used, they just they were just sludgy mess mm. in there. And just and obviously, we had rain, you know, it wasn't a drought all year, every year, yeah, so I yeah. don't quite know. But anyway, let's not worry oh, about that. Be, uh,
3: yeah, yeah,
2: anyway, as Victor opens up the gate, Mr. Swain is watering his plants casually with uh, what looks like a, uh, a, a severed head hung up on the uh, washing line. Um,
3: fantastic head, isn't it? Not bad, is it? It's I think it's pretty good.
2: He's uh, he's he's touring with um, I think it's a charity dramatic society company for you know but I like, just love the innocence of Mr. Swainy taking part in amateur dramatics. Probably yeah, I you like know, it. I like his line
3: w- where uh, he says when he first started they had to make do with a face paint he was on a balloon, <laughs> which always makes me laugh.
2: That was very much a budget thing then, you know. In that moment, so they've got some yeah. they've got a few quid though to, to afford that prop but i love the the idea that they're touring the nursing homes <laughs> so that's just the innocence of mr swaney
3: yeah it's uh, very sweet and there's a
2: very remwicky name mentioned mr snoxel had had uh now used the phrase mr snoxel gave gave it the orangutan which basically means yes. uh, a, po- a positive review for a play they one of the plays they put on the uh, with with this severed head, the, the background is the over eighties tend to nod off if there's no decapitation in a play, <laughs> so it keeps them entertained.
3: Yeah. It's a great great uh, Renwick name, yeah.
2: At all. So th- there's a rare case. I feel like it's a rare case where a character actually mentions the title of this of, of an episode we're in. So he does mention Tales of Terror. So that's obviously the it production does, yeah. that's been put on. When I but when was the last time Nick Sweeney was seen or heard to be in a play? Has he? He's obviously done this before, hasn't he? It's not the yes, first time, he, yeah.
3: Yeah, I think he's. It looks like he's dabbled. Yes, uh, he mentions a
2: uh, uh, Mrs. Impey. He's playing the headless corpse and the Mr. Dimkins right, yeah. from the Chippy. So these Remwick's gone full Remwick mode with the names Dimkins and Impey. Yes, and um, Victor to still Here we are, like series six. You know, a good. He's known, he's known Mr. Swainy for ten years now, and he still doesn't quite look relaxed around Mr. S- Mr. Swainy, does he? He's still sort of very well, polite.
3: Yeah, I don't think I could truly relax around him either, even though he's a sweet man. But, um, he's, he is sweet, yeah. Yeah, yeah He's, he's uh... still... Well, Victor never did see his mother, did he?
2: No, no. Margaret allegedly did, didn't she? And Yeah, first... she went
3: to... Um, she'd had a funny turn, and she went down to um, help her. But uh, Victor, no. Because
2: I, I, I debated that. He, maybe Margaret was just humouring... Not humouring Mr. Swain in that episode in Is it in Luton Airport? No, can he scream? Where, yeah, yeah, I've just been upstairs to see Mr. Swain's mum, but I thought maybe she hasn't, and she's a bit scared of Mr. Swainy because he's, he's a bit a bit psycho. But that's, yeah, that's, we, even,
3: that's even darker. Yeah. It's Even
2: darker. But however, someone else pointed out that she goes fly fishing out of the guard out of the window, doesn't she? And exterminate. Yeah, yeah. Not exterminate.
3: Is it exterminating angel? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. Sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah, an exterminating AIDS, angel. Yeah. So someone was obviously in that bedroom going fishing. So she was, in fact, alive. But I, I kind of wish we didn't have that because I do I would like to have had the mystery of did he even have a mum <laughs> alive at the time, but quite clearly yeah. yes. But I think it's a stroke of genius not actually ever seeing her. And yeah, I, I think that's taken from dad's army, isn't it? With Mr. Manring, not you know you don't see Elizabeth.
3: Yeah, and same with um Arthur Daly and Minder with his wife
2: Irving Dolls. I'm not as familiar with that but okay. I suppose it's a common trope in the TV series. If you watch the Dad's Army film actually, they did decide for some stupid reason to show Elizabeth Manrin, uh, didn't they? So,
3: did you Oh, what, you, sorry, which Oh, yeah, like the yeah, the actual the, the,
2: film. Yeah, it's obviously not the original film but the the remake with the obviously obviously a new cast because they are all not with us. Yeah. <clears throat>
3: Uh yeah, it wasn't I wasn't too uh, keen on that to be
2: honest. No, I mean I've, i watched it and I think I enjoyed it at the time, but when you look back, I think Toby Jones is it Toby Jones played Manorin?
3: Probably quite a good yeah. job, but Yeah.
2: He usually misses also, the mark, doesn't was it?
3: Um John Sessions played um Arthur Lowe in the uh, BBC version. Yes. And he was a bit more spot on. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, that's that's dad's army was that
2: um was that the story centered around the writers wasn't it how yeah, they developed yeah was, that was yeah. really good actually we're doomed dad's army uh, yeah that's
3: it yeah
2: that's it highly recommend that for anyone listening if you're into dad's army the only part of that scene now is little mrs imp is seen over the fence she's obviously imp isn't that another name for a short person or dwarf or she is a really short woman and she
3: yeah an imp is a um uh, I know the Lincolnshire Imp. That's like a little, um, almost gremlin, gargoyle, a medieval thing. So, right, <laughs> yeah, I
2: might be way off track there, but it's not a bad bit of a bit, not a bad prop, and it it looks almost looks like this little this lady who swings by Mister Sweeney's house. More wackiness in from Victor's point of view, anyway. I've Always said whatever Victor sees from. What's going on in Mister. Mister. Uh, Sweeney's world is as wacky as how Patrick sees it, for when yeah. he sees Victor. So, now up we are in the Meldrews' living room. Victor's pondering his next move while he's seemingly playing chess. Looks like he's playing it on his own. But we've got the return of the Lovidori mantle. Mrs. wallboys is, is in scene, which is good to see. And of course, Cousin Wilf, who hasn't been seen for quite a few series. What's the episode he was in? I really should have written this down. I'm used to <laughs> organising this. It was, I think it was. I still think I might be worst horror of all. You know, gonna have to find out for the sake of so I sound like I know what I'm talking about.
3: Yeah, I really um, should be able to remember that for memory. The,
2: yeah. So the yeah, last time we, right. the last time we saw Cousin World was the worst horror of all. Yeah. Um, slightly unusual relationship they have because they could be husband and wife. I mean, Mrs. Warboys absolutely dotes on him, don't he? She even. She does. Um, she does. And uh she seems to be bigging up her cousin's physical state. You know, although he's had a stroke, he seems to be doing well. And yeah. they they've been on a recent trip to North Wales to visit Wilf's brother, who again, Mrs. Warboys is impressed that although this brother's eighty-five, he looks very good for his age. And yeah, it's just very, very um,
3: well, she's a very caring woman, I think, Mrs. Warboys. It's,
2: it's, uh... it's all very innocent, but it almost could be the fun fact they're cousins. <laughs> Could be husband and wife, just how much they seem to be getting on, or just yes. friends, you know. And all that. <laughs> Mrs. Warboys, I think this is just one of her. This is sort of a throwback, almost to her gaming knowledge, to Hearts of Darkness, where she's obviously a genius at these board games. Trivial pursuits Trivial Pursuit, and she is that good that she can just casually be in conversation. And walk towards the the board game and make her move <laughs> and checkmate. It, it just contributes. Yeah, like to some, it, it contributes to his annoyance for her presence. It just. It's, it's yeah, such, she's
3: like a chess champion. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. She, um, I think Dory Mansell said that as one of her favorite moments because she just. Yeah, it's Yeah, just she did, and that
3: that was a fantastic um, podcast you had on with her.
2: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, very good. Oh, she made it nice and easy. She was very sharp with, um, certainly with the episode she'd been in as well. She could remember pretty much all of it.
3: Yeah, she was very sprightly, lovely. Yeah,
2: to yeah. So, but she, she basically she wanders off to get something from her handbag, and she stops in the tracks, and yeah, stops talking. Effortlessly makes a, a move in the chess, and I think she wins. I think she wins, but she wins. I don't know how to play chess, but she's doing well. And, well she put, um, yeah,
3: she keeps putting them in checkmate, so she's doing well.
2: Because I thought checkmate just meant I've won the game, but that's my ignorance of chess. I don't know if you play chess. Well, or...
3: well it, yeah, you can get out of checkmate, but okay. um, it limits your options. Actually, I could be wrong it's so long since I've played it.
2: I'll take your word for it. it that's, it's, that's Well, they still keep playing anyway, so... Yeah. So, uh, Victor, Mrs. Warboy's hands uh, a little a gift that she brought Victor, whilst they're on their trip, I think this is when they went to North Wales, Ponty Frack, I think they mentioned, but a black pudding.
3: Well, it essentially is, yeah, a blood sausage. Um, they've mentioned
2: sausages before. Starbound, I think, where they went to Berlin. Victor went to post a sausage to his brother. And I remember yes. thinking, why would you do that? It's going to go off, it's manky. Um, but here, yeah, he's he's been handed a sausage. And also he wanted... Apparently, he's wanted to keep busy in the evenings by way of doing jigsaw. So, what does she hand him?
3: Yeah, it's a very um,
2: visual gag. It's just a silly. It's b- funny. B- <laughs> it's it's almost
3: out of place. It, uh,
2: visual pun, isn't it? It's like a pun. Yeah, it's, visualized. It's, yeah, it's,
3: it's something like I'd expect to see from Tim Vine or Yeah, I was just thinking something that actu- something actually in a two Ronnie sketch. Yeah, obviously Renwick. So why not?
2: But a lot of these uh, scenes could be shortened down to sketches, couldn't they? Because oh, they could, yeah. Remix forte had, was sketches as well for the for the two Ronnies and uh, yeah anyway yeah a bit, bit of silliness and Victor is polite you know he says thank you very much Mrs Wallboys rather than saying <laughs> what the bloody hell's this he's just yeah he's polite enough about it and it yeah. could come in handy so why not
3: well quite right
2: so Will I think because we we know that Will makes the odd typo he does ask to go to the lava lava or something and it brings about quite a big laughter. A little bit of pathos with joke telling there. Yeah.
3: What was it? he says? He's been violently sick eleven times. That's, that's oh, nice.
2: Yes, he was sick on on his on his trip. I think it's the is it the travel sickness he uh, yeah he suffers with. Yeah. So apparently, because it's Will's seventy fifth birthday um, that week on the Friday, Mrs. Wallboys wants to take him up the road for a, a nice slap at meal. Invites Victor Margaret, which sounds lovely. Margaret's. She she gets out of it, doesn't she? She's before she has a history of telling porkies. So she says, mm-hmm. oh, "We can't. We've got a slowly sort of speaks of, a, of an excuse." Of what they're going to a, a, a funeral? Um yeah. old friend. That Victor's looking back in a disapproving way, isn't he? Um,
3: yeah, well, he's a, yeah, he's a bit surprised on that one.
2: It, how bad can it be to be invited to have a, a bit of a pub lunch at the road? Even, you know, Mrs. Walboys is her friend. Apparently, and cousin Wilf, you know, he doesn't even talk. So, with due respect, <laughs> I don't know how bad it can be. Other than
3: yeah, you wouldn't think it could be that bad, but
2: no, it's not like the Ronnie and Mildred have, have no. invited them. So, well, maybe
3: she's just um sick of meeting up with people, and she says,
2: Why do people always want to meet up? Yeah, yeah. What's, I mean, the other time I can think of when she's told Porky's Monday morning, we'll be fine, lying to her colleague Meg about Victor being unwell so they can get out of the wedding and uh, yeah i'm quite sure when uh, patrick and pippa's dad round tom croker when you know the the bottle of wine that they thought was theirs yeah i think she i think victor wanted to come clean about it but she said you know absolutely not and sort of filled it yeah. back up with lemonade or whatever it was and <laughs> yeah it's just there's she's got a bit of a track record for it she so sort of just she gets embarrassed easily and wants to keep face you know the, yeah. the the Kylie the tortoise. That's just that's just Margaret's character, isn't it? I think she just wants to do the right thing, but all the same, I don't. Also, is like... when
3: um, when Victor's mistaken for Steve Posnett.
2: yeah, Monday morning will be fine. Yeah, yeah, Meg, she's yeah.
3: Kick it, yeah, kicking him under the table.
2: Yeah, I think there's much more to that scene than that. Really, I think I think uh, Mar- uh, Mar- Mrs. wallboy's goes to make another move as she's. Riv- um, Go through her handbag, and she makes another checkmate. And uh poor Victor. Does Wilf make another typo? I'm sure he makes another typing error. So something I I, I can understand until I had to put the subtitles on. But Wilf comes back in from the toilet, asking if someone can get him a bra of soup. A bra <laughs> of soup. That's right. Yeah. I could understand it because it's the Stephen Hawking type voice, and it's just I can yeah can make it out. But a bra of soup and Margaret Victor goes to. Presumably, purposely get a bra and a tin of soup. Uh, (laughs) Margaret stops and says, Victor, you dare. Like, was he gonna do that, or was he just gonna go get him an actual bowl of soup? But I think she's being presumptuous there.
3: It was so nice to see my brothel again after all these years. Uh,
4: Now, while I think of it, check.
2: So we're in the bedroom now, bedtime. Victor reflecting on, you know, why why did Margaret? Why do you have to lie? Margaret just says, "It's just, you know, be, be bored, witless." You know, that's that's just the reason. And yeah. Victor takes off his jacket, we do see the Ronnie and Mildred uh, t-shirt he's had all yeah. all day. It's,
3: uh, <laughs> it is a great t-shirt. Hideous pair, but
2: yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's probably.
3: I'd probably wear that on the house. I, think. I would. I, yeah. I was thinking
2: to myself, a money-making scheme. I could get <clears> them <throat> made up and sell them. I don't have to get the BBC permission for that, maybe. But no, no. I think.
3: Would you? On... Would you um, go as far as having the toilet seat?
2: Well, I was going to say it's the same picture, isn't it? It's the same. Yeah. I'm sure it's the same one. Would I? I don't think I'd get away with it at home. Um, no, I, no. I was saying in the last episode with the um, wallpaper, get a life, you sad git. I would have a That's lot of
3: that. fantastic.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's never going to happen with the missus at home. It's just never going to allow that. No. I think she'd let me wear the t shirt at home behind closed doors. I think that'd be right. So, Margaret agrees with Victor's earlier statement why do people always want to meet up? So, she seems to be more supportive in his, on in Victor's outlook on life. Probably not a healthy thing, of course. I don't no. know what they got. They just seem to, they just don't seem to like people as they get older in this series. They just, you look at Margaret in series one, it's sort of quite a, smiley positive character in she she, yeah. she just like being around people but not anymore
3: victor maybe that's just the way down. life goes when you get older
2: i feel like that sometimes now though scarily in my mid 30s sometimes i just yeah, stay yeah. they <laughs>
3: yeah i know what you mean yeah
2: continues straight into the next morning uh, victor gets up opens the curtains he seems quite chuffed that the builders bless it has finally removed the bricks he seems quite a bit cocky sort of said to Margaret, see, this is what you get if you just keep on at them, they will eventually understand, you know, the message. Yeah. And as he uh says that, he opens the door. And I remember the I remember the very first time I saw I saw this as it aired. And I thought, what a great silly, yeah, fantastic. ludicrous moment. <laughs> they're they're they blocked in, aren't they, with this this
3: wall of bricks? Yeah, they've been they've been bricked in and uh Victor's lined. Always makes me laugh. It says, um
0: You see now the kind of psychopaths we're dealing with.
3: What, <laughs> what was it? Uh what were they using? Muffled Hods. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I don't quite
2: understand that um at reference, but he says it in such a way that it's it's funny. I don't need to know what that truly means.
3: It's a uh, hod is a brick carrier, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm looks like a three sided box and you stack all the bricks on it.
2: Are you quite DIY like that? Do you, are you, could you put a no, bird no? In?
3: Just I've I've heard of hod carriers in the past and that okay. what it was, so found out years ago.
2: Probably the greatest prank played on Victor and Margaret. Uh, very imaginative, very. I don't know how Remick thought to do that, but that's yeah. The... Even
3: the McKendrick twins wouldn't have done that would
2: they? <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't. And I don't know how the builders didn't wake them up in the middle of the night.
3: <laughs> just, just yeah, it's fantastic.
2: It's, Imagine it... that actually happening. Yeah. Now, my only question is how that wall would stay up. The cement is keeping the bricks together, but I'm quite sure that wall would still be... You can push that over, right?
3: Unless it's on a... Yeah, um, yeah. I suppose you're right. Um, not depends. I don't know holes. if the grout, the grouting, if that would stick to the surround of the door. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose it would.
2: Yeah, just so like this carpet there, unless they've taken a carpet up and they have fixed it to the... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. It's still <laughs> a great joke. It's still a great oh, no, joke. No, it's
3: just, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to see it on the other side in the hallway. But uh, if, on, on the landing, sorry.
2: A, a tiny bit of detail i had only picked up when I watched this recently was, obviously I was inspecting every moment in this scene and I I, I always felt the tarmac look quite out of place and untidy, but I, I thought, actually, of course it would be, wouldn't it? Because Mr Blizzard and his guys can't tidy it up from the back, can they? They can only... Scrape off the tarmac from their side, so I thought it's just yeah. these tiny little details of realism that that's what it would be like. Yeah, like it's, it looks an absolute mess from Victor and M- Margaret's point of view.
3: Yeah,
2: but it's the w- weird prank as well like cars in skips or old women in, in his bed or buying shoes off an you know a corpse that's all strange. I and mean, you know, firefighters coming in every five minutes thinking, but yeah. oh, this is like I don't know, I think this might be the best one. I don't know, like you, yeah, that's just the best it's, one.
3: It's up there. It's, uh, I think that's why we all love Venwick so much, because it's such bizarre scenarios. Yeah,
2: it's so odd, isn't it?
3: But, but not too bizarre. You can get away with it.
2: We, we we cut to Mr. Swain. He's on the other side of the wall, giving some instructions on basically how for Victor to piss <laughs> in the hose. It's,
3: even <laughs> though really that's not going to gonna work. But, um...
2: Would it not work? I mean, I'm ignorant to No,
3: you, there wouldn't be enough um, pressure. pressure, would there? No, no it's just going to sit mm. halfway through the pipe somewhere and, it's definitely not going to squirt out the uh squirt out the end.
2: Wouldn't uh, electric? What these like electric hoses? Wouldn't that do it? You know, like to, if you're cleaning your your pavement down, your um, um, jet wash. That's what well, I'm thinking. Pressure pressure washer. Pressure washer. Oh, that's gosh. a different. That's a different <laughs> matter, isn't it? <laughs> but force, Yeah. Yeah, a victim. You know, must have some sort of ferocious wee coming up to, for it to, you know say so travel down the hose. And Mrs. Sweeney points it into the toilet all the while. Margaret just, she just yeah. can't. God spare us, I think she says.
3: Just, just another another great visual gag.
2: Yeah, it's brilliant. You can barely watch, and, and that's it. And later on, I think a builder, uh, I, don't know who, I don't know if it's Blissit or another company, they just collect the last of the bricks, and um,
3: yeah,
2: the Meldrews are on the losing side as ever. They they they, they don't get the last laugh, do they? They just don't. no no. Do you like that shot from the top of the stairs they do throughout the series? It does make you feel involved, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's very, uh, very no good other... camera angles.
2: There's no other comedy. It has that, like, one angle that they stick to. And it's it's great just to keep it. Again, it does make you feel like you're stood on top of that staircase watching what's going on in that mad household. I just like how they kept yeah. that the series.
3: Yeah, it was quite um, groundbreaking, wasn't it? The way multiple cameras in the studio and the, well, the way the building yeah. sets. Yeah. So, uh,
2: very clever. Mr. Sweeney is still seemingly present, and on his mobile phone, whilst Victor's scoffing at a fry-up, I, yeah. I think he's I think he's eating the black pudding, no doubt, and it sounds like Mr. Dimkins has dropped out of the upcoming play that Mr. Sweeney is presumably directing. I think he might be directing, you know, I don't know.
3: Uh, at least producer, by the looks of it.
4: So, sorry, Mr. Dimkins, when you say a problem empathising with a character, which particular at the blood-sucking <laughs> <laughs> and turning into a wolf? <laughs> No, no, no! I hear what you're saying, and um, thank you for letting me know anyway.
2: Mr. Sweeney politely asks if he would be into, you know, joining in. And if it was Mrs. Wallboys asking, Victor would snap, wouldn't he? But when it's Mr. Sweeney, he's that much more polite.
3: And well, he, he's got a, um, a good chomp on the toast there. He's uh, yeah, curious,
2: very curious. I think he's he's definitely considering it. When Victor offers a bite of his fry up. Nick Swadey turns it down and he references that his, his weight loss he's only just got rid of his weight it's just one of the subtleties I like because in Endgame he was he put on a lot of weight through mourning the loss of his mother and that was yeah. only very briefly mentioned and here it is again he's, he's lost the weight again it doesn't it doesn't matter but I just like that it's sort of referenced and, and it's you barely hear it i to sort of rewind it did he mention that he's lost his what? you know obviously yeah, it's he's just... lost the weight it's just like he's, he's obviously better again which is quite good
3: yeah, great, great continuity.
2: When uh, Victor is chomping on whatever it is he's eating, you get like that church organ jingle to sort of suggest... Yeah, so
3: almost hammer horror sort of...
2: Yeah. Dracula music. Dracula music, that's right, yeah. There's quite a lot of scenes in this episode, but they're all quite short, aren't they? Yeah, are, yeah. They don't last very long. So How many you did you
3: mark down? Oh, um...
2: 18 scenes, but there are obviously right. a, lot of, a lot of cutbacks. Some, some you might have different.
3: Yeah, I've got 13, but because there's sort of two locations mm. in the same scene if you see what I mean
2: I'm probably more particular Margaret's come back wait, I don't know where she's wait, where, I don't know where she's been I don't know if you um, well I don't know uh, if that matters she's been into town but she's come back and obviously making a cup of tea and you hear this woman scream out
3: again I would describe it as a hammer horror a hammer horror scream a hammer horror scream <laughs>
0: I think, on where to go with it all. Pleasure. Well, um, I'll see you at rehearsals then, Lindsay, on Friday. Okay. Yeah.
2: Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems to last, like, within the space of this person, this woman's screaming, she's already entered the kitchen with Victor. They've just obviously been rehearsing, but yeah. they just been rehearsing. instantly she's left. I just thought... It was a bit quick. Very quick, wasn't it? But there's a yeah. quite attractive blonde lady... Uh, Victor's finished sort of gnawing into her neck.
3: The uh, actress was Anne Nguyen. Not, uh, I couldn't really see much about her when I researched.
2: I bet you that she hasn't been in anything since. I'm going to check. I think I did check but I can't remember. Uh, I reckon she hasn't been in anything since. Probably. Uh, not to suggest because she was rubbish. No,
3: nothing against her screaming talents or uh,
2: What's her name? Lindsay? Yeah, yes. Lindsay. Okay, I I think she's
3: probably in casualty or something.
2: Or I have to take back, yeah, she has been in a few bits and pieces, you know, the classic Holby Morse, right? that's it, Morse. Yeah, I remember that now. So she has, but it looks like she hasn't been anything for about seven or eight years. Margaret, as ever, sort of looking on a little bit jealous, she's often a little insecure. Yeah, she is. Victor seems to be around occasionally around these attractive women, and she, uh, yeah. Sort of looks on and no, a she little, doesn't uh, like that no she doesn't yeah victor does have that slightly that sort of gentle slightly gazing look for the women you know as as margaret looks on so he seems to like what he sees if you're reading between he's,
3: the lines, almost naively uh attractive to women
2: i mean the way margaret is with victor when there's a woman around who's you know a lot younger she's a bit like Um, Pearl, Last of Summer Wine, how she looks, you know, the cat, the character Pearl looks on at Howard when Howard's sort of around,
3: yeah, yeah, I know what you mean,
2: yeah. I I don't watch Last of Summer Wine, but when I have, I one of the, no, me
3: neither, but I still, I still know what you mean,
2: yeah. Victor, I think Victor references or reflecting on actor Christopher Lee, never say never, he never quite managed to pull it off, never really got under the skin of the characters. Was that just a purposely done pun or? Um,
3: well, I sort of know what he means. Obviously, Christopher Lee, I, I've mentioned it a few times, uh, Hammer Horror. Yeah, uh, I suppose so, yeah. But he, about a hundred different Hammer Horror films. Um, and I sort of know what Victor means, where he didn't get, get the character quite right. Maybe mm. it's a bit too um, stylized. I'm not sure. Even though I love Christopher Lee. Yeah, um, you
2: know more than from me. The I. Wicker,
3: from the Wicker Man, fantastic film. Yeah. Um okay. but as a... As, as Dracula. Yeah, I didn't quite get it right.
2: But, no. um, oh, okay. I, I've not really watched those, those um those shows, so it, it went over my head a bit, but I obviously got what he was saying as such. But, right, okay. So you'll you know more than me on that. Apparently the, the pornographic number plate, Pissol has been nicked, Mark, <laughs> believes, So that, yes. that, that, that will lead them to go into the Nissan garage to get either, a, a presumably a replacement, not a replacement, but a new... Well, it doesn't matter. They've got to get a new one anyway, haven't they? So...
3: Yeah,
2: that's right. Um, and as long as, as Pissol's not registered in their name, they'll be all right. <laughs> OK, so the phone rings and Victor goes to answer but Margaret is quick to stop him.
3: Don't answer that. <laughs>
1: That'll
3: be Ronnie and Mildred's noon offensive. You pick that up and we'll be stuck with them forevermore. Sorry, I forgot.
2: <laughs> Annette, Annette Crosby's great at that little... It's not really a great. Yes, she almost. is, yeah so like pinch perfect with her delivery
3: yeah i think she's as anti ronnie mildred as victor is usually to be more lenient on matters
2: yeah that's very true yeah but she she goes to head outside i think doesn't she
3: at this point i've actually got this from uh, the channel yesterday because i've been recording them all again actually it's nice to see them on
2: yeah it's good it's 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 good that gets a bit of a bit of coverage i mean it's good that's on britbox but yeah it should be on ideally the, the beeb would be um i mean i don't pay my license so i i wouldn't watch it but
3: i don't blame you i, I wish i didn't
2: after the <clears throat> um the near miss with the, the telephone call rich uh, Richard victor has a, a letter to open Mark doesn't know what it is i think victor responds sarcastically well, whether it's not gonna be my 11 plus is it that's a very dated reference is in 11 plus? Is anything? yeah 60s 70s was i don't know when GCE came involved by gcse but anyway margaret sort of switches from being a bit sharp with him about you know the Lindsay thing whatever to trying to make him feel at ease you know short be all right worry change of mood suddenly because he is worried about you know this doctor's yeah. appointment he's i think is it a doctor's appointment yeah he's for a doctor but he's not been yet because we'll see it later
3: no he hasn't been yet <clears throat> No.
2: A little bit later on, Margaret's seen sort of relaxing in the garden. Victor is heading next door to the rehearsals. He seems quite proud of this. The way he says it, you know, I might be some time. You know, he's very sort of into it. Yeah.
3: He? Yeah, he's getting into the role, I think. Again, you can see the gardens there. The owners have had a bit of a spruce up.
2: Much needed. Well, the garden's relatively neat. If they got Kazanzi, the gardener, in, they might have made a mess. But um... <laughs> yeah. Victor says they they've missed the electric the electricity man again, so he might come back at any moment. So he's left the readings. No, he hasn't done a reading yet, but he's just very important that we should know the electricity man might be coming around. And uh, the last time electricity man was seen was Clive Mantle, series was. one, Return of the Speckled Band. And I wish I'd asked Dory Mantle if she's related to him, having the oh. same having the same surname and all that. I don't know. I've if-
3: never, um, yeah, I've never put the two together.
2: No, I didn't until recently. Yeah. Mantle. I mean, that's... I don't know how common the surname Mantle is, but they're in the same show. Again, doesn't mean they're related, but I wish I'd asked. Yeah. Anyway.
3: No, that was a funny scene. I did like his appearance in that. He lost his shoes. He didn't realise it,
2: who who it was for years until watching it back in the last few, years, like two or three years. I think, oh, he's the guy from Casualty. Game of Thrones, obviously he's been in loads of yeah. other things. Vicar Dibley. So, yeah, anyway, massive bloke in that. He just seems like a massive... He this yeah, show. he's
3: got to be 6'5 uh, or something.
2: Oh, yeah, he's an absolute unit.
3: Absolute with feet unit. like a yeti, as yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
2: come here for my feet ridiculed. Or... <laughs> no, that was,
3: that was a great scene. Mrs.
2: Warboy right. stopped off outside the Mildrews. Cousin Wilf with her, suffering a bit of of travel sickness yeah, uh, more likely because well not so travel sickness but more likely because of the knickerbocker glory that he'd eaten at the pub because obviously they've been out for that meal are not they yeah she references she being Mrs. Wallboys having a spare key from the other week I don't know every, every little key detail in One Foot Matters and because Mrs. Wallboys says it's a good job I got this spare key from the other week I was thinking have we seen that have we seen a moment in previous episodes where she's been given a spare key
3: um no now, I was thinking of only a story, but uh, when oh, she yes. didn't have the key. No, but
2: well, she did live with them, so perhaps she, she did. So she, she,
3: Yeah, she probably would have had a key.
2: Yeah. yeah. Wow. There you go. You answered my question. That's brilliant. Right. So, no, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know I didn't think of that cause. Yeah. yeah. She lets herself in. Cousin Wilf needs to puke, basically. But as, yeah. she, as she heads in, Margaret is seen going under the staircase to, to do a, a reading. With, <laughs> she bring, gets her torch. Which yeah, it does cut to back. Yeah, Mrs. Wall is coming in with cousin Will, and of course, panic ensues for Margaret, doesn't it? Because oh, shit, going to be found out. She
3: scuffles into the cupboard. Yeah,
2: yeah, and yeah, she locks herself downstairs, and that scene sort of ends there <laughs> um, abruptly. Again, short scenes these are. Yeah, we're next door at Mr. Sweeney's the amateur theatre group around for like a dress rehearsal. Apparently, some problem areas in Act Three. Now this gets a lot. Mrs. MP is upstairs with. Derek, whoever that is, having a costume tweaked, which brings a little subtle audience laugh. I don't know what. Yeah. I, I think if no. I missed something.
3: It, I think I must have been a cutscene, possibly, because it's, yeah, it's an out of place audience laugh. Um, I did notice that and I thought I'd missed something. Oh, I could have missed something.
2: Well, they can't be laughing at the idea that she's just a short woman and needs a dress tweaking. I don't know, but a no. few characters without a speaking part in there, because uh, it's been like The Secret of the Seven Sorcerers, all this. <sighs> All those magician friends of Victor's, they basically didn't have a word to speak of apart from one. So
3: these Yeah, well, Mr. Snoxall, who he sits next to, um I couldn't find him actually credited. I don't know if you did. Oh
2: I well, I didn't look.
3: Right, yeah, because it was quite a terrifying figure. Obviously, Victor sits next to him and he's yeah. Two foot two foot higher sat down. Massive. Um yeah, I couldn't find anything on him. Yeah. But, um, also, I don't know if you noticed behind um, as Mr. Sweeney stood up talking to Victor, there's um, an old black and white photograph of I think it's a policeman, and oh. um, and there's a little figurine of a policeman. So I wonder if that sort of harking back to Dick Green. Yeah, only a story with <laughs> Dickson and Doc Green. Really Maybe uh, Mr. swaney there police <laughs> officer relative from the past.
2: Well, a good example of continuity, keeping up. Yeah. You know, an interest of Mr. Swainley's. Yeah, I presume it would be. Yeah, absolutely. But one of the other actors in that scene doesn't have a speaking part. I feel like I recognise them from in Luton Airport, an Organese scream at the Meldrew housewarming party, where right. one of them. It just looks. It's not. It's not. Um. His cousin oh what's his name cousin it's not cousin ivor but it's it's someone else it just looks like i wouldn't be surprised if they took one of the, someone they previously had in a in a camp you know yeah it's, possible.
3: It's,
2: you... it's not a speaking part but it just they just look one of them looks similar which is it the uh
3: is it the gentleman in the blue shirt
2: i thought he had a purpley top on him just skip forward a sec so he sat so if, if you look at
3: oh him, right okay i see
2: yeah yeah he looks about Mid sixties, he's just next to Victor. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I thought
3: Possibly Mr. Looks
2: Mr. Swain. so we're talking about uh, interior design. His house is still looking like it belongs to his mother, very much yes. so, doesn't it? It's yeah. um,
3: uh, well, it's probably um, in keeping with the character. It's a uh, time capsule now.
2: Yeah, yeah <laughs> in memory of shrine, his mother, shrine to his mother. Yeah,
3: yeah, pretty much.
2: One of the amusing parts of this scene is. I think Victor's secretly pl- uh, pleased that he gets to act with this gorgeous blonde Lindsay. Yeah. Mr. Swain he sort of says, You know, she had like a stomach upset. And it sounds like he's <laughs> gonna say, Well, she's over it now, but he does He goes, Well, she's still done yeah. well, I'm afraid. So thankfully he got her auntie yeah. Maureen <laughs> he's, who...
3: <laughs> he's tried to turn it into a positive. Yeah.
2: And it's like, no, it's not. I mean, this auntie Maureen looks about mid eighties, early eighties. So
3: it's like it's like the um the fair where he's supposed to have the kids from the uh actress from the famous coffee commercials. Oh yeah. <laughs> she she's unavailable. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's just like that, isn't it? Or yeah. not in the same vein in Hearts of Darkness where he's mm-hmm. taken a picture of uh Victor, Mrs. Warboys, and, and Margaret and said, if you, if you just stand to your left, yeah, there's a big pile of dog
3: <laughs> It's just like <laughs> yes, puts put yeah, a bend, good one. doesn't he? Yeah. It's very
2: <laughs> so it's all in the acting as well.
4: So yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And oh yes one bit of good news first of all Mrs. you remember I said Lindsay had gone down with a nasty tummy bug and might not be well enough for your big seduction scene together well she's got worse I'm afraid but uh, at the last minute her auntie Maureen has very generously agreed to step into her shoes so uh, luckily we've fallen on our feet there
2: yeah so Mr Snox like you say a huge fella a bit like Mr Smedley actually in um, Threatening Weather yeah sits next to, to victor some um what, what is he supposed to be like a werewolf type human like a, yeah
3: it looks it looks like he's yeah going lycanthropy or whatever it's uh yeah. yeah werewolf
2: and he and this mr Snox will let, lets off this like or gives off this gormless grin as victor looks on a bit perplexed of what he's what he's getting himself involved with
3: he's, i think he's trying to work out whether that's uh, his real hair or not
2: oh yeah yeah <laughs> back at the Meldrews, um will sort of led out on the sofa he's he's has he been sick yet
3: uh didn't she didn't she lead him straight to the toilet when she came i think in?
2: so that's right yeah and she yeah was, i was,
3: mean was, you can see why margaret didn't want to go for a meal with him it's a real pain in the arse all this isn't
2: it i suppose so yeah
3: constantly throwing up in his voice box and I, yeah
2: i suppose yeah that's a good point actually that's a good point and uh she she knows she's got us to stay there because he, he's been ill at the end of the day. It's a very, again, very short scene. Back at yeah. Mr. Sweeney's. There's a drinks break. Everyone's sort of... We see, like, the headless Mrs. Impey. It's just funny to see. That
3: great head again. I, yeah. I think it's great.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mr. Sweeney has apparently accidentally received um, Victor's correspondence. Looks like some test results. Doesn't seem to be good news, judging by Victor's facial expression and a bit of sorrowful music plays. And um, Mr. swaney's called away by somebody else in the background. I oh, didn't really notice that before. And that scene seemingly ends. So flipping again, back to the Meldrews. Mrs. Wallboy still nursing Wilf. Uh, obviously seems to rest a bit longer. He does decline. He seems to be um, a little bit perkier. And um, I think the lack the lack of a, of a voice gag is paying off here. Because obviously Margaret doesn't hear what's going on. Yeah, uh, yeah.
3: It's all classic rendering so everything's got a place so deliberate it's right yeah because he
2: because do, he doesn't respond through his voice box he's just sort of nods so of course margaret doesn't hear that i think that's obviously key, very key <laughs> if, if she heard will type out i'm fine let's go of course she'd have come out of the running the stairs but yeah it's just very convenient that he doesn't use the voice box in that moment yeah Meanwhile, a a deflated Victor walks in, lets out a bit of a sigh, which of course Margaret hears. In her mind, it's still Wilf. The voice box has been left behind um, by Wilf. So Victor sort of stood, stood, and he sat down and he pondering uh, what this letter has has said. And he's sort of mucking about with this voice box, and it's letting off, or it's replaying some of the various sentences. I think
1: I would like a glass of (laughs) water.
2: To be sick again. <laughs> it's a classic mix up, isn't it? Yeah, classic. Typical as well, obviously. Well, yeah. And Victor does actually head to, to the downstairs bathroom. It just tells Margaret that she cannot come out yet because she's she, heard the. Yeah, the she's, in it.
3: she's in it for the long haul.
2: Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, it's all getting rather frustrating for Margaret now, isn't it? But I think it might be the first time one of Margaret's sort of porky pies has come back to bite her on the butt, uh, on the on the backside a bit, because she is left to pay the price of you know, stuck under the um the staircase now.
3: <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks like it.
2: Everything else usually comes back on Victor, but not in this in this sense. And it looks like later on, Victor's awoken from a, a nap. And That's
3: right.
2: Takes his pair of shoes for some reason, lobs them under the stairs, which of course hits Margaret. She lets out a. You know, a little scream a little, and uh, a little scream comedy mix-up that they both encountered, and she's been in there for four hours, doubled up it's like long a pen time. Knife. yeah
3: Yeah, 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 penknife. That's right.
2: I presume Wilf and Mrs. Warboys were there for half an hour, forty-five minutes in reality, maybe an hour. Yeah, Victor's still quite deflated as Margaret is ranting away, and Victor's says, you know, I've had other things on my mind and. Margaret can, can't resist to respond with a sarcastic tone of what pri- in your face out of Lindsay Gibbons' neck all afternoon, get, <laughs> showing her insecurities. Which uh, Victor says, Well, no, my, my test was positive. Which is a snap out of the, her frustrations for a moment, and she's uh, yeah, the dynamics have changed again. So, uh, Victor's got to make an appointment. So it seems to be getting quite serious. It does. You know, when you're watching this for the first time, it's like I said earlier, it's the final series. I think, Christ, is this it? We're going to set us up for a Victor farewell in this in this manner. It doesn't seem right. Yeah,
3: that would have been um, a bit too grim to finish the rest of the series with a diagnosis like that.
2: You know, when you're watching this at the time, you're thinking, well, anything's possible with Renwick.
3: Well, of course, yeah.
2: It's never too dark for for where Renwick's concerned. He's he's willing to push the boundaries. He so. certainly is. It's a bloody good job that he didn't kill him off in this uh, in that fashion, though. Um, I am pleased.
3: Yeah. What was it? I was reading the um, the Richard Weber book, which you you put me onto actually. Probably uh, fan- times, I probably mentioned uh, about
2: sixteen hundred times over
3: Absolutely fantastic. I'm quite angry that I hadn't read it sooner because about ten years ago I read his one on rising damp.
2: Okay. Which
3: which was a fantastic book. I mean, for some reason I didn't know it was prolific in that area. I can't now remember why. I- Mentioned Richard Webber
2: to do with Victor's death. Well, the the, um, the idea that Remwick never put. Oh, sorry. Yeah,
3: the way Victor. Yeah, the way he's going to kill him off. He was, yeah, he's also tying with the idea of dropping a piano on his head. Oh right. From, uh, from walk, w- walking out of a shop in a happy mood and then slam with a piano.
2: <laughs> that's really random. I don't know if that would work.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's.
2: I mean, I. I don't well, also, he,
3: well, he scrapped it anyway.
2: So yeah, I mean, I I, I last read the that the book all the way through about seven or eight years ago. I do refer to it now when I'm reviewing episodes, but I skip to the episode reviews more so than yeah the, the breaks in the between in that book. It just goes off on a tangent on on different topics, but I only really look yeah. up for the just for the purpose of the podcast. But wow, well, piano on top of I just instantly think of bottom where Eddie falls through the ceiling. Oh yeah, the piano. <laughs>
3: That's that's fa- oh god, that's great! <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Piano. Yeah, I Edward think Hitler. Looked... Edward Hitler, will you come down here at once? That's <laughs> <Yes>, um... it. <laughs> that's
2: quite how yeah. that's film. That's quite clever because obviously they have, to, they have to cut that, did not they? Then it
3: is. Yeah, yeah. It's they, pretty good job,
2: really. Yeah, anyway. yeah really, that's good. Yeah. Anyway, one
3: foot in the Back on one foot in
2: the one foot in the bottom talking yeah. bottom. I recommend talking bottom if you've not listened to the podcast. I
3: haven't they're really, actually. Um, they're really good. Yeah, so I'll have to get into that. Yeah. I'm fairly new to even as a podcast listener, I'm fairly new to all this this world, really. It yeah. is. Um... I, I only got onto you through, I followed the actor, James Dreyfus of
2: Gimme, oh, Gimme, Gimme really? fame. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I saw he tweeted, retweeted, or liked one of your tweets. Oh, right. I yeah. Thought, I thought one foot in the podcast. What? Oh, I thought. What? Oh, that's a bit of me. I'll, I'll <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. And then, since then, I'm I'm hooked and lo and behold, Thank you. I'm
2: here. Yeah. So. Yeah. I first discovered podcast like what well, podcast years and years and years ago, but sitcom podcasts. Fans doing a, I think it was. <clears> it must have been The Office Wernham blog podcast. Yeah. And at that point, me and mates were watching Fools and Horses together every so often. It's bit of a, just a tradition. Watch an episode, have a Chinese, have a chat. It's just on in the background. We used to say, "Why don't we record this?" Us just chatting away. So we did yeah. the Jolly boys podcast,
3: which I've heard of. I've listened to a couple of episodes. I quite like them. Pretty good. Cheers. Yeah, I mean, it, my it, big it, it, uh, as you know, I'm. Um, you're a sitcom. It's 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 up there. Well, Only Falls and One from the Grave up there. I will. I refuse to pick which is my favourite. But yeah. um, as a youngster, I was more obsessed with Only Falls. You know, I know pretty much mm. word for word. Yeah. But so, uh, no, your jolly, po- your jolly boys podcast, I'll uh, definitely have to dig into more.
2: It's a different vibes as what I do now because obviously, there's four of us it gets a bit excitable, and and I think uh, if you don't mind, three or four blokes,
3: yeah, bit of fun.
2: If in their thirties, you know, I, it's just it, it's not exactly professional output much like this and really because we've got like one or two microphones between four of us it's a bit but it's good fun and we'll go back to it and we've had a few of the cast on yeah uh, John Chalice, Sue Holden, the like so it's pretty good. Oh
3: Um, fantastic yeah I only listened to a couple of the early ones so that was like you were probably pretty damn raw back then. We decided
2: for some reason we thought let's sing the intro as a laugh and um and obviously we go wrong in it because I really was keen to like let people know we're not trying to we're not x-factor contestants trying to no no we just thought what should we do let's sing it We obviously we must have had a couple of beers the thing that was good and when i took over (laughs) the the editing i I said i have to take that out and i changed it so if you do listen to the i say the later ones we did we only got to series two halfway through but i i said i've got to take that out i'm sorry i just i know it's a laugh (laughs) but anyway sorry back on yeah back on uh on yeah there's some good sitcom podcasts um if you're a Tony Hancock fan, my brother does with a couple of the Tony Hancock Appreciation Society. Oh, is that
3: your like, brother, is it? Okay, right. Yeah. yeah I've seen you uh, tweeting their stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, only an Armful podcast. Yeah. Um If you like 2.4 Children, JD Collins. I must admit,
3: I've never, well, I, I remember them years ago when they were on, but I've never actually um, gone through them. I never need to, obviously. But
2: yeah. Um, yeah. They are, it's again, it's the same era as one foot. Obviously, Andrew Marshall and David Renwick co-wrote. Yeah, of
3: course, yeah.
2: Together, I and... did.
3: I did have a friend who I was getting him into uh, One Foot in the Grave. I told him basically, mm. probably the best sitcom ever made, and he said, "Oh, actually, Two Point One Children's." I said, "Well, I'll, I'll lend you One Foot in the Grave, the entire collection," and he watched them all. And I was supposed to return the favor, but I never did. So <laughs> I right. don't know why. I don't it's,
2: know why. It's, a bit, it's yeah, family sitcom, but it's got loads of dark moments in it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's
3: very well um, well it, spoken of. So is, I, I really very good.
2: ought to. I do. I mean, you can't get. You can only get the first three series. So there's like eight or nine series. So there I are. Heard, yeah. It is out there in on the internet, so you can get them. And but yeah, yeah so um, who Like uh, the Goon Show. Uh, Tyler, who's been on the podcast yeah. started that up. So yeah, Goon Pod and Blackadder, Jonathan Creek. There's right. There's yeah. Tons. yeah. So, I mean there's loads. There's something for everyone um out of peep show another out of office podcast that's another office podcast so it's all good there's something for everyone but yeah it's quite quite a big thing really and i always wanted someone to do one foot in the grave when i was in jolly boys I, i wanted to do one foot in the grave at that time anyway so yeah that's why i sort of left that for a while anyway sorry everyone um just a little free promotion for fellow podcasters if i missed you well i will give you a shout out next time so the next scene now uh, victor is sort of sat at the dining table in a bit of a glum state reading his symptoms illnesses and surgery book as, he, as like he did in the trial quite a lot he's just going through what could be wrong with with him because he's got this appointment confirmed
3: yeah that's a real book i found out is
2: it real is it okay
3: yeah by h winter griffith md an american physician okay. it's quite a uh, well-known book
2: I think in Endgame he was reading caravanning around the UK, but Ben and I couldn't yeah, find that. You- and yeah. no, I really wanted it to be yeah. real, but he's ha- he's had some tests. He's come back positive. He's got this appointment. He's probably yeah, like in Victor's style, trying to find out what it could be. Margaret's on like another ranting rampage after she's she'd asked Victor to carry out like a- an errand. She'd given him two black bags, one with carpet cuttings for the tip, and the other some yeah. clothes for the dry cleaners. And of course, he thrown out. <laughs> he's thrown out her clothes and and she's come back with carpet cuttings in a that plastic uh, suit bag get, the bag, clean, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: it's another unfortunate mix-up for victor
2: there but it resemble the gorilla costume mix-up in a way doesn't it yeah it does, this yeah, time. He's, it does. yeah um and she's like she is sort of laying into him and she again notices he's very much wrecking any like so this mm-hmm. impending appointment. I don't know she, she learned anything from the previous scene. She, she should probably know just to go easy on him, even if he has yeah. chucked out all her clothes, but you sort of understand it. From three, three
3: of her best dresses, I think she says.
2: Yeah, well, all this, obviously all his vests were at the dry cleaners, weren't they, all In the wash, so they're not doing too well this episode. And um, No. But she does snap out of it. She's nice again, and Victor leaves uh, the house. Um, and Mrs. Wallboy sort of pops in, doesn't she? She's uh, a car's not starting, and she's uh, yeah, hinting she, for a lift, didn't she?
3: Yeah, and she says, uh, "Car's making a noise like an elephant when I go into third gear," which always yeah. makes left. <laughs> it
2: laugh. It, it really does sound like that if you've yeah. ever been in that position. So she's hinting at a lift into town. Obviously, Margaret hands back the voice box, and that's pretty much it. Until, yeah, until we're at the
3: the. Doctors.
2: Doctors. Yeah, doctor. This actor's playing the doctor quite well. He's quite a convincing GP, running through the results and the the symptoms. Yeah, doctor
3: Doctor Dinage. Doctor Dinage. Is that mentioned? Was yeah, that- he's credited as Dinage. Yeah.
0: And there's no reason you can think of why blood should have found its way into your digestive system. <laughs> Unless it's to do with being a vampire.
3: It's the he's got, pause, isn't it? It's his thinking. And he's thinking, and he's got time unless for, to, <laughs> Yeah. Unless it's to do with being a vampire.
2: <laughs> I'm in this play, as he says. Yeah. And he, he, he's he got time for some humour, which is quite good, really, for Victor. You know, he's Yeah, he,
3: gives, <laughs> he does this silly laugh to, back to him, doesn't he? <laughs> Colonoscopy... Yeah,
2: but- is what is needed to 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 root around, you know? Mm. would that be done in the back room of a doctor's? Because he can see the the surgery chair, can he? I know yeah, it's not treat I, it.
3: I don't think it would be. No, no I'm quite sure. So. Yeah. Well, mind you, I don't think you need an operating theatre. So possibly.
2: Possibly just the route around, I suppose. Yeah. Again, another short scene. Yeah. Storytelling. We're now outside Nissan. Miss Margaret and Mrs. Warboys pull up outside. They're obviously there to get the new plates. And... This is
3: in the dealership I found out is in uh, Bedford. Bedford. Okay. Yeah, Bedford. Well I think this... it's I think it's a Ford dealership now.
2: So Victor pulls up off the bus and um, I think he's had a bit of a bit of a time of it. He's on the sedatives and he has, um... yeah a bit of a funny revelation. And it's probably, it's good news, but it's another reason for, for him to be a bit anti-Mrs. Warboys.
4: What did they find?
2: Mrs. Warboys' black pudding. <laughs> oh. Said he couldn't
0: find anything at all wrong there inside me. Then, as I was getting dressed, I suddenly remembered I'd had that
2: ruddy black pudding. Not yeah. her fault, it's just typical it's Mrs. Is, is the indirect cause of this pain he's been going through and the yeah. anxiety and stress all come down to that but he's otherwise in good health apparently i mean he was having the bowel issues before that if we we said earlier this is he was recording down his bowel movements before he ate the black pudding but of course at least the uh the blood is from the black pudding and not yeah they've discovered it Internal, but yeah.
3: I don't know if you noticed when he got off the bus, there's the uh, X Men cinema poster in the bus stop.
2: No, I didn't see that.
3: Yeah, I actually remember that in bus stops around the time, even though I was only about 12. And uh, it just shows you when when they're actually filming the location scenes.
2: Did you watch this uh, series six as it aired?
3: I remember seeing this episode, yeah. Mm. At least this episode. Um, I can't recall. Basically, it's never a time. I can't recall a time in my life where I can't remember one foot in the grave somewhere, stretching think, all the way back.
2: I think Starbound or end, certainly Endgame, because there were yeah. the three Christmas specials in a row. Um, I don't know if I would have watched Series 5 as
3: it aired or not. Yeah. I Is couldn't that- say if I watched the first broadcast or repeats. or mm. um, It's just always been a constant in my yeah. life, yeah. I suppose, and memories. Yeah.
2: Victor is whilst Mrs. Mrs. Warboys and and well, I don't know where Mrs. Warboys is in the moment. I don't know where she's gone. But Vic, he said because he's basically getting a bit arsy about her too, uh, Margaret. He goes, "I'm just going go yeah. to go lie down." He thinks it's their car. The camera pans away, and he's in one of the <laughs> many Nissan maroon coloured cars. I don't know what model it is, but never no, like.
3: I'm not a uh, car man really, so yeah, I don't I'm not really. Jeremy, Carl. I never seem to pay. No, i never seem to pay attention to cars in that way.
2: They've not had luck with cars, obviously, and um yeah, that that might be the last time Mrs. boys causes pain and aggro for Victor. Yeah, and there's only a few episodes left now, and so yeah, he lays down in a in a car. It's it's one of one of many, in a classic mix-up, of course. And the ladies head outside and speculate he's, he's probably in the wrong one. They they. Realize he's not there, <laughs> and uh, it cuts to Victor waking up and seeing that nobody's at the wheel, which is quite daunting, I, I'd imagine. And
3: yeah, it's, to... uh, it's classic facial expressions. <laughs> it's the top, he's looking around deck, the road and yeah, top deck the lorry. Just the, just the little, um, he's got his cap pressed against the glass that just adds it, makes yeah. it even, even funnier.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a helicopter film in that or it was a lorry next door? no it was, it was from up high and you just see richard wilson's face pulled up against yeah. the green looking oh crap heading down the motorway and, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, i uh, thought it's hilarious I, th- I was just brilliant
3: that's the um that is near junction six on the m40 i yeah, but, I,
2: I looked at the the signage b4009 dual carriage motorway and it, it's nowhere near christchurch like you say it's, no it's uh,
3: to be hilarious. honest i thought it When I first saw this, I thought it was one of the roads going down to the West Country, but it is... I think I've recognised it actually driving on it, because I do a lot of driving um, with work. It's, yes... uh, Anyway, I researched it. It's Junction 6 on the M40.
2: I suppose it would... It it makes it makes sense. It would be nowhere near Christchurch because he's bloody miles and miles away down the down the motorway. But. Yeah,
3: and he does say he's he was halfway to Burton on Trent, and that would make sense if he yeah, was in the home counties where we suspect they live. So
4: yes.
2: Fast forward to night time. Victor and and Mark return from Victor's trip to where yeah.
0: whereabouts
3: where has he been? They've had enough of today, haven't they?
0: Feeling like I've had an anaconda up my anus. Thanks to Mrs. Warboys.
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks to Mrs. Warboys, he says, yeah. (laughs) Apparently enough
2: money to get a train fare back, which is good. They're both interrupted by a phone call. Margaret is totally forgotten. The code red, and it's Ronnie. Yeah, Victor's in a foul mood.
3: I like his um, pissed-off reaction. (laughs) Uh, Round where, right away? (laughs) <laughs> what the hell did you tell him that for? Um, I, won't, I won't do the impression, I'm no good,
2: I mean, the mood is brought right down. I mean, they're in a bad enough mood, but from an audience perspective, it's hilarity as ever. But Margaret's come off the phone to Ronnie. Renwick has served us up yet another dark, like, just out of nowhere moment.
0: Margaret's dead. What do you mean? What do I mean? Dead. Stopped
4: breathing a few minutes ago. They were playing cards. She went upstairs, and the poor man's in a terrible state. He didn't know who else to turn to. Oh my God! Um, I, I'll get my coat.
2: Well, Mildred's dead. Very. Yeah, here we go. Dark. more dark. Yeah, more dark moments. And we hear we stop sort of the thunder and rain outside as they're about to leave because obviously they need to go around and comfort Ronnie. Um, I think. What I do the line is because what do I mean? He's dead. Margaret's Mm. net's delivery is still funny, even though it's about someone dying. Yeah. And you know, we're straight away at Ronnie and Mildred's. And he's Ronnie sat at his table, he looks a bit of a stunned daze, isn't he? Mm. Waiting for Victor
3: Margaret to arrive and shell shocked.
2: Yeah, Margaret offers Ronnie a a cuddle. You know, there can't be that much. You know, obviously Victor Margaret aren't mean enough to not want to comfort a man who's just lost his wife we don't know how she's died at this moment she's just you know yeah. that's enough in it she's you know she's she's dead and uh, i was
3: thinking um i think this is the only most well, of the second time we ever see ronnie and mildred's house isn't it first yeah. time is an exterminating angel but uh, i don't kitchen, think we saw kitchen, this no. front parlor no that's right area.
2: no mm-hmm. we 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 certainly didn't and uh Ronnie's recounting what happened in those final moments. What
4: happened? You say there was no sign, no warning of any kind. She? she only needed Mrs. Stitch, the tailor's wife, to win. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Said she just got to pop upstairs for a moment, too. Uh... <laughs> and then, of course, when she didn't come down again,
2: she only she only needed Mrs. Stitch. <laughs> and the tailors what? So they're playing Happy Family, whatever they're playing. Yeah, Happy movies. Families.
3: Yeah, ironically, yeah. Which is,
2: you know, bringing comedy and tragedy is easy for Remick to do because it still brings out some laughter.
3: Yeah, he's the best at it, in my opinion. Yeah.
2: Well, certainly John Sullivan is as well. Called, oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. She popped upstairs. Well, Mildred, this is. She popped upstairs, and he didn't finish his sentence. And he goes up to the curtains to open. He's got that old fashioned curtains, all them open.
0: So, uh, where is she now? She's still up there.
2: And a horrific image there of Mildred's go. legs with the thunder mm. and lightning deafening, really. And you think, Christ, she's hung herself. This is a sitcom.
3: It's terrifying. Yeah. It's,
2: it's, um... it's, it's a British sitcom. And it's a story about a minor character, but obviously big in Victor and Margaret's life, killing themselves. Yeah. I, I can't think of a sitcom where that's happened. Characters no, killed themselves. No,
3: not that. No. God, it's grim, isn't it? It's, it's probably. Uh... There's probably been
2: comedies like Bottom, maybe, or the young ones, where they mention someone's killed himself out of, out of shame or something, but visually, yeah, yeah. we've never seen it, have we? No, and, no. I remember watching, I was a bit, I mean, I thought, it wasn't exactly young, a bit harrowing, that, you know. Mm.
3: Classic Renwick is dark. And it is very dark, and it's it is...
2: Dark and light everywhere. I wonder why he decided to kill Mildred off, or just to speculate. I wonder what made him think, I need to like mix this up a bit i need this ronnie mildred who calls nothing but irritation to victor margaret is it to make them think twice about how they make these judgments to to people in their lives that they seemingly dismiss i don't know yeah possibly
3: they just seem like a really annoyingly happy couple don't they yeah she's having terrible bouts of depression behind the scenes and yeah ends up topping herself like that it's 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 crazy yeah so dark
2: yeah, and it's 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 something that's discussed in the final scene at Victor Marcus at night. She Margaret's in the novelty t shirt. I don't know why she's decided to do that. But yeah, it turns <laughs> out like you say, Mildred's had bouts of depression. It's, it's a bit like Mr. Foskett all over again. Yeah, it is. And it, it's like Renwick is ahead of the times with talking about I suppose the mental health thing and you know, people never quite seeming as happy as they apparently are. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like Mr. Fossett seemed absolutely high on life, didn't he? Then, you know, goes
3: and kills. Himself. Oh, it was fantastic. Brian Murphy, great actor.
2: One of my favourite episodes, I think. Um, I
3: think it's always yeah, first thing that <laughs> pops into my head when a, that question comes up is The Man Who Blew Away, but...
2: yeah, Out of all yeah. the specials, you think which is my favourite? That, that one is... Uh, what, it's just
3: for me, it's just perfect.
2: Yeah. Yeah, The Man uh, Who Blew Away is a, a great episode. I mean, I, I love rearranging of the Dust. I think got a lot of memories watching that particular yeah. one with the grandparents, but Algarve, <laughs> love it. But that oh, that yeah, of man, who yeah. blew away. Brian Murphy was just awesome. Yeah.
3: Even the scene where, I mean, you've talked a lot with other guests about laughing at One Foot in the Grave, you know, with other sitcoms, mm. you yeah. might just smile in future. The audible laughter will remain. And I can just yeah. be driving along and I'll think about when, say, Victor discovers his car was in. Um, Finland, I'll just burst out laughing at the wheel. And I wouldn't really do that with anything
2: else. It's yeah, because we we all have a comedy comfort blanket. Whatever your favourite comedy is, I think I can't you know ignore my route Only Fools was the comedy. Yeah, me too. Only
3: Fools. Yeah, and
2: it still is. Absolutely adore it. I think if I'm with mates, I'll laugh out loud. But if I'm on my own, I won't necessarily. But I'm just, it's just nice to watch and I'm laughing in my head. One foot. Yeah, I'm, I'm still laughing out loud. Forty Towers. I'm probably still laughing out loud. The Office. Definitely yeah. still laughing out loud. And it does happen with Only Fools, but I've seen it that many times. You just get used to it. I know.
3: Cause I, I know. Just, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm similar to you. I probably know it word for word. It's not
2: yeah. to take away from the genius of Sullivan. I just no, think no. If you, uh, that, that I've been, I was watching that at a very young age. One foot. I was probably more like seven, eight, nine watching. I'm still young. But at yeah. that time of your life, a year is a long time. So a couple yeah. of years before that, I've already been watching Only Fools.
3: Yeah, because I think you've binge watched it like I did mm. when you were a youngster. Yeah. You're not going to be laughing out loud right. constantly now. Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to ever do that to One Foot in the Grave. I don't ever want to reach that stage where I'm just smiling at it. So I've yeah. never actually binge watched One Foot in the Grave. I've on average watched them all. Back to back, once a year. It's right. I I'm think... very, I'm very bad with binge watching and um, with music as well. I'll play it, and play it, and then I want to listen to it again.
2: Yeah, yeah. So no, no, I, I hear you. I think that's just the culture we live in now with entertainment. Yeah. It's, it's hard and to. I hear. never want,
3: to, I never want to do that with one foot in the grave. Or I just want to, want to keep it fresh.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It, it still does feel fresh. I mean, to be fair, I'm doing a, a podcast on it, so I probably will take oh, a yeah. little break afterwards. There's a bit of a summary. I mean,
4: she seemed such a jolly soul. Well, they both did. And now we find out she's been suffering these terrible bouts of depression. Heaven knows how he's going to cope
1: from now on. Yeah.
0: Being upset for anyone, I should think, to find your wife's hanged herself during a game of happy families.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hanging herself during a game of happy families like margaret sigh saying well that's another funeral to go to and victor reminds her well the first one didn't exist
3: yeah i like margaret's little double take reaction to that comment the first yeah. one didn't exist and she's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> always makes me laugh
2: it's the line about victor being all philosophical about just go out and cultivate your garden
3: that's a uh, voltaire quote oh is it yeah um what was it? One must cultivate one's own God. That's, yes. Basically, look after yourself before you look after other people's interests, basically. I'm not a philosopher, so that's about my understanding of it.
2: Oh, We're all philosophers in our own way, aren't we?
3: Well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Down just the pub. Just to get philosophical for a moment. For some reason, as I re- review this, and I'm not watching, I paused it from an earlier scene. I thought they are in their bedroom summarising all this, but they're actually in the, it's daytime in the living room, and yeah, when yeah. The final moment is Victor at the sink. It looks like he's taking a pee. Going for a slash. Yeah, Margaret's behind. Right. The thing. She's thinking, is is he doing it again? And of course, yeah. he's just With what's he hose. doing? What's he what's he doing? He's got like what's he got in his hand? It, it's the pose pipe in there? He's just
3: it's the hose pipe, actually, yeah.
2: yeah. And we've got an unusual shot of the kitchen actually because we we've, we've got what would what would be the studio First audience that, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's the first time you see the back, well, the window wall.
2: Well, I don't know if it is, because, funny enough, when we saw R- um, Ronnie Mildred in their house at the end of The Worst Horror of All, you know when they're sat at the kitchen table saying, Hello. Oh, ah,
3: yes, yes, I so think you're right there. Be,
2: it seems to be their episodes we see all... You know, yeah,
3: you're right, sorry, yeah.
2: ...every wall, basically. It's an unusual yeah. shot. That shot of Victor at the sink, where it looks like he's having a pee, and you see the, the back door open, you just see all this overgrown... Hedge shrubbery going on, and obviously it's like a painting or whatever, just to make it give the illusion. Yeah. That's, that's right. in reality, that would just be a fence, wouldn't it? Brown fence separating from uh, from the uh, yeah. I think it would. The Sweeney I don't know. Yeah, I'll
3: just look at that. A
2: bit of a strange ending. Not really a mm-hmm. conclusion of any sorts, is it? Not really.
3: No, not, not really.
2: Thought provoking.
3: Not, no, not really. It's just a, another visual gag to round it off.
2: Yeah don't usually ask us would you score that out of 10 overall like the whole of the series
3: well out of series six
2: well the whole thing
3: out of 10 i'll give it a seven
2: yeah that's probably fair and Mm. i don't know if it's the best one of the series six or not like i said we we agreed at the start we discount we take out um things aren't simple anymore that's just yeah that's on its own isn't it very entertaining. It's uh, Saturday to um, say goodbye to Mildred, and we, I mean, we barely saw them, didn't we? But
3: well, very,
2: know, yeah. very unusual move from Renwick to uh, yeah. kill off a character. Has he killed off any other character before?
3: Surely, um,
2: obviously, Mrs. Stimson's killer. Well, the uh, the, the guy in the most she killed the guy, isn't Stimson? She killed with, yeah, yeah. Indian.
3: Wait. I can't think of any full um sort of full time cast member.
2: No. Oh, yeah, no, I, I can't think of any I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. I will when I switch off the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. <laughs> it wouldn't be a one thing the podcast episode without a Mel moan. So do you have something up your sleeve to whinge about?
3: Yes. Very quick one, very simple. Okay. Uh, this
2: let me introduce it so this is Dan's Mel Drum.
3: Go for it. People who are too lazy to return shopping trolleys back to where they belong in supermarket car parks. I agree. Uh I can be driving, you you know, you're driving in, you're coming to cut into a space, and there's a shopping trolley there. Yeah. Really um very irritating, very lazy. That
2: happened to me today, and uh really there's a, a there's a trolley in the car parking space. And originally I thought this is a good thing because when I get in out of the car, I can't be bothered to sort of if a car needs to park next to me they're not going to for that for the time being because the trolley's there so I was a bit yeah. selfish but when I finished my shopping even I was in a rush I decided to return the trolley I honestly good man <laughs> just not just because you said it, I did return it but yeah it's bloody laziness in it that's, that's all it's it just,
3: is yeah it's just getting worse in society mm. I would have thought I yeah. notice these things more and more
2: I've noticed the tend to be sent around supermarkets so I've had a few guests sort of yeah, well, Vic-
3: Victor did write in, didn't he, about uh, to complain about um, shopping trolleys in public lavatories? Yes, that was on um Only the Story again.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right,
3: yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very similar to Victor's complaint there,
2: very true. Yeah, I'll be interested to ask Mr. Renwick what his mailroom name would be. Ooh, yeah, yeah, be good ones. that's gonna yeah. be interesting.
3: <laughs> I look forward to that.
2: The next episode is Futility of the Fly. Uh, that'll be halfway through Series 6. Christ. Wow. Um, that's, that's quite sad, really. Yeah, so there's only four more episodes to go. Or yep. five, if you include the comic Relief um, special. Any final thoughts, Dan, on Tales of Terror?
3: As I said before, it's a strong episode. It's, it's fun, there's some great moments in it. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it might not be the best. It might not even be in my top 10 of all-time episodes, but no. Uh, no, it's still a, still a good episode with a very very dark ending, classic Renwick. Very,
2: yeah. I don't know if there's any more, apart from the last episode, I don't think there's any more like that, is there? There's poignant moments, yeah. but I don't think there's any... That might be the last time that Renwick chucks us a bit of horrific imagery. Mm. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Cheers, Dan, for your, your time. Um, get in touch, you know, at One Foot in the Pod from my email just now one from the podcast at gmail.com. Thanks guys for continuing to uh get in touch and obviously I've had some reviews as well. So thanks very much for that. Still do my best to try and get stars on the show. It seems to be working out quite well. So I'm getting a bit of bit of luck. So keep keep listening. I'll do my best to get others on. Once series six is finished, I'm sure I'll find a, a reason to talk about one from the grave and air it dan yeah thanks very much and if anyone wants to contact you dan
3: it's at neville st Clair. so that's N E V I L L E S T C L A I R.
2: I always recommend like if you're listening to an episode if i've got a guest on just get in touch because like, it's good to build up a one foot community and share your ideas and theories on you know what we've spoken about we might have missed something so uh yeah get in touch all right well Take care, and we'll be back next time for Futility of the Fly. Cheers, Dan. Thanks, Tom.